sounded so good. In just 19 minutes last night, Victor Wambayama lived up to the height. The Thunder hosted the Spurs. Wemby dropped 20, stretched the defense, routinely affected shots with his length. The same can be said for the former number 2 overall pick, Chet Holmgren. He had 21 points and a couple of three-pointers. In a league that prioritizes versatility, the future of the NBA may have been on full display last night. I'm Dan Patrick. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you, and we appreciate you uh, giving us some of your time. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will start with our one and only guest in hour number one. It's Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. If you're a fan of the Big 12 basketball upcoming season, uh, Matt Postens did a deep, deep, deep dive on all of the men's and women's team. There's um, I don't know, paragraphs, chapters, if you will, on each and every one of them. So if you're into Big 12 hoops, as Matt Postens is, and as the crew at Heartland College Sports are, uh, um, that's your one-stop destination. But he'll join us at 1130. We'll also talk some football because, after all, he's still on the football beat. But Matt Postens coming up bottom of the hour. 12.05, Matt Snyder is here uh, from CBSSports.com where he covers Major League Baseball. We will pick Matt Snyder's brain as to what he's seen and what he expects to see going forward. And then at 12.30, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, where he covers the NFL, but he's also a Wisconsin grad, so we'll do some Wisconsin and Iowa. Just uh, a hit or two before we get into the NFL with Frank Schwab, who also doubles as their uh, sports betting uh, columnist over at YahooSports.com. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here, just before 1 o'clock. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. A little punchy this morning, as you could tell. Well, 3 o'clock will be here before we know it, and that's when your squad takes the field and tries to... I think I have some nervous energy. I think that that's might be... What it is. Yeah, I think that's what... <laughs> you uh, You just heard me a, a little... Just talking with Sean a little bit ago before the show, and I'm, I'm all kinds of fired up here, ready to roll. <laughs> and I got a little energy, a little pent-up energy here. Uh, the Iowa quarterback situation, I, the more that I watch it, the more that I hear, the more frustrated I think I, I become about it. And well, I keep, what can you do about it? Well, you can't do anything here. But I keep coming back to what in Kirk's past has completely broken his brain as it pertains to quarterback. We know Kirk Ferentz, leadership is paramount for him. I have never heard a coach. All coaches talk about leadership, every single one. I have never ta- heard a coach talk about it to the degree, though, that Kirk Ferentz does. And when you're talking about leadership, more times than not, you're talking about the quarterback position. There is something about him. Going the back, most, most important position of all the sports th- strength. There's no doubt about it. There is something, I think, in his past that has broken his brain and how he can possibly look at quarterback play. Because when you look at this team, you look at what you saw. You saw the performance from Deacon Hill. And, oh, the pro football focus numbers were pretty good. He was better rated than Caleb Williams. If you watch football 
And that's what you came up with, your numbers. You need to go back to the drawing board with your analytical system. Let me stop you for a second. Is that true? It is 100% true. Deacon Hill's numbers were better than Caleb Williams' numbers against Arizona. The second best offensive rated player for Iowa on Saturday from Pro Football Focus after Caleb Johnson. No, no, no. He was ahead of Caleb Johnson, in fact, was Deacon Hill. Eric Hall was number one. He was an 89.9. Deacon Hill was second. Yeah, that's what we got from those numbers. What does that tell you about pro football? Junkers. <laughs> Apparently so. Now, I still will love you, looking at them. Will you, I was going to say, will you rely on that resource well, going and, forward? And one thing that, you know, I mention this whenever we bring up those numbers is I just like to use them to marry to, is this what I see? Mm-hmm. Do these numbers match up? And there's times, and especially offensive line, I, that's because we're not green no, every snap. No, but, although I watch more black on uh, Saturday than I did right. normally would be. And there, there are those times, though, that you look at it uh-huh. and say, uh-huh, okay, yeah. I get that. And there's other times that's not how I saw it. And that's kind of, it's just a baseline, right? A, a jumping off point. But if your number's coming up with that, woof, Jeez. that is bad. Now, Caleb Williams was, what, 9 of 18? No, he, was, he wasn't good. No. But he still made some right. incredible plays. He's, he's Caleb Williams, the number one pick in the upcoming draft. Freaking Deacon did not make any. Freaking, freaking Deke. <laughs> freaking Deke. He did not have any of those wild moments. He made a pass to a wide open Eric Hall. Yeah, that was and that was hell of a play. The, well done. That was the play. Well done. Yeah. It's just when it comes to Kirk, though, from the Jake Christensen, mm-hmm. Ricky Stanzi yep. situation, Rudock, how, yep. how ugly that got. Rudock yep. and Bethard. The game in where was the game? The bowl game was in Orlando. No, it was uh, it was at Jacksonville. I think it was an Outback Bowl against LSU when they were just getting no, the blitzkrieg. No, I'm talking about the When Tennessee, Bethard was hurt? No, the Tennessee oh, yeah, game. that one, yeah. That was... And that was in Jackson. That was in Jackson, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Hawk Slayer Bowl. Because right, it was and, the Tax Slayer Bowl. Right, the Hawk Slayer. And they wouldn't let the quarterbacks talk after the game. Yes, mm-hmm. and that ultimately led to Rudock leaving and, yep. and coming in. You couple it with... I mean, he, he loves his starter. And it doesn't matter who the starter is, but his starter is his, is his starter. Yep. From what he said... About uh, the kid that Deuce Hogan after the Nebraska, Nebraska game, game. Yep. and ended up being Padilla. I just said the same thing this week about Joey Lewis. I did. took it. Yes, I absolutely. Thought. Like, how can your mind, a guy that is buttoned up, that very rarely says anything inflammatory, and multiple times now. You put it well, he is buttoned up. He absolutely calls up one of, out mm-hmm. one of his backup quarterbacks. Which goes back to your point his brain is broken. His brain is broken. When it comes to quarterbacks. To. Have the question that was asked. I believe it was John Stepp for the Gazette that asked the question after the game. Did you think about going to Labus? As everyone that was watching the game did. And he was befuddled. He was. It was like he couldn't Whoa, have where heard did a, this question come from. Right. He couldn't I have heard didn't a, expect this one. <laughs> he couldn't have heard a crazier question. Right. Then did, did you think about using the backup in a game where your quarterback started one for nine and finished mm-hmm. six of twenty one? That's the last thing I would have thought what? I would have said had to stand in front of you guys and answer. His brain mm-hmm. is broken when mm-hmm. it comes to quarterbacks. And Deacon Hill very well might be the best option. I don't think Joe Labus is worth a crap either. Well, that's starting to become apparent, Trent, because he's not even in he's not even a thought at this point. But I don't think that's just I don't think the gap between Deacon Hill and Joe Labus is some significant. They're both bad quarterbacks. It's not that it's significant. It's just Kirk Ferentz, for whatever reason, quarterback play is the bug, the boogeyman for him. He just he cannot get by it. And the more that I think about it, the more baffled I become about it. It's like I'm sitting here getting the question, like Kirk Ferentz, I can't be more baffled how he cannot 
at least entertain the notion? Or is he so scared of upsetting his starting quarterback, whoever it may be, because of maybe it is that leadership thing or that we'll get a team mutiny that's going to happen if you actually go to the quarterback. Whoever that quarterback is, Trent, I will venture to say that at some point in his football playing days, he's been replaced. We had three straight weeks a year ago where Spencer Petras, who was regressing, regressing, right? Mm -hmm. He was continually taking steps back. He was missing throws that he was not missing in 2020. He was airmailing things. He was mentally broken. And he had a quarterback in Alex Padilla backing him up that had experience, Mm -hmm. that had won games for you. That that had a different aspect of his game that Petrus didn't have. Had mobility behind a bad offensive line. And when the questions were asked, once again, Mm -mm. Kirk Ferentz went into defense mode. And he cannot believe that these questions are. There's something about quarterback. And I, I was looking back at some old seasons. He was around as the offensive line coach in the late 80s. They had that year they used like four different quarterbacks. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he just didn't like the way that it played out. With Rudock and Bethard, or back with Christensen. When did he leave? Was it, it eighty nine or eighty nine? Yeah, eighty eight or eighty nine. Yeah, right, right in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. There, he was there about nine years. So, there was a year where it was Chuck Hartlieb and Dan McGuire and uh, Tommy Pulaski, those guys, and they're kind of battling early in the season. I don't know if it was that, but I don't remember Pulaski. I don't remember. I can't think of a coach that is this different when it comes to quarterbacks. Everybody loves the backup. It's the old adage. Fan bases always want to see the backup. Yada, yada, yada. This is different. Is he learning maybe from his one of his mentors? Because do you know who's um, not even entertaining changing quarterbacks on an NFL team this week? Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Belichick and Ferentz are pretty close. Are there a lot of similarities there? There really are. What? There really are. Well, from Belichick, obviously his boys uh-huh. are part of the staff. Yep. An ability this year, as we see the NFL completely morphing and changing offensively, you see all these young guns from the guys that have become head coaches, but on down. And instead of doing that, he just went to his old binky, right? He went to a guy that he knew. And I heard somebody state that Belichick, in a quiet moment when he was asked, he, well, I don't want to have to teach those guys how we do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's the, your job. Yeah, the NFL is changing and it's right. evolving around you. Kirk Ferentz, college yeah. football is changing and evolving around I think the NFL is going to be soon to be without Bill Belichick, sadly. I think he's going to try one more time. Do you? I believe. He's going to try and build it. Is he given that uh, luxury of, try, of trying it one more time? His craft running out of patience? I mean, He's look, won six Super Bowls. I was going to say, <laughs> but, but when, when does that Goodwill bank account run empty? i got to think that there's still a pretty good pile of money in there, right? Goodwill oh, yeah. in there. But... I mean, you're hearing it from the fan bases up in arms. They think mm-hmm. it's over. What have you done without Brady? Fair point. It is a fair point. It's a fair point. And that's what you're hearing more and more. Anyways, we shall see. I want to talk baseball. Are you, are you over your little Kirk Ferris? <laughs> I told you, I got a lot of energy today. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus, do you ever. <laughs> uh, Big Ten uh, Basketball Media Day going on for the men today. Um, just a real quick hit on that. We don't have the sound in this studio, so I couldn't hear what McCaffrey said. He wasn't on the podium very long. Uh, I'm not saying that that's, nobody had any questions for him. I just, you know, I don't know. Uh, because, but what, what do you expect? I expect a team that is going to be... Can they be 500? Overall or in the Big Ten? In the Big Ten. If they're 500 in the Big... Would you sign for 500 in the Big Ten oh, right now? Yeah. In a heartbeat, right? Absolutely. I think yeah. I would, too. I think if I put an over-under out... And you know what? I remember Bet Rivers did that one year. Remember it was the first year of Ots 
And they had the Iowa State over-under at like yes, one and a half Yes, I do remember. And yes. And I made a pile of money mm-hmm. on that one. I do remember that, Trent. Next time we talk to Troy Macker, yep. uh, we have to uh, see from Bet Rivers. We're going to see if they're going to put those up. Macker's a huge college basketball guy. That was his background before he started working with Bet Rivers. So he's always trying to kind of push the envelope mm-hmm. as it pertains to different college basketball. If I was setting the Iowa basketball, Big Ten, remember, 20 games, Yep. Big Ten over-under, I'd probably put it at eight and a half. Does that sound fair to you? I might take the under, Trent. You take the under. I think I might take the under. Yeah. I just don't have a very high expectations. Now, conversely, you mentioned odds. I'd love to see what, what uh, Macca would put that number at this year. Chris Williams sat down with Otzelberger yesterday. And oh, okay. Apparently did a real long uh, podcast. I, I, I think it's at Cyclone Fanatic. I'm not sure if it's Iowa Everywhere. It's one of those two. Um, that's getting rave reviews. So I think if, um, you know, as far as... Getting up to speed, maybe you should try to carve out some time to listen to that bad boy because mm-hmm. I do want to, um, you know, come a little bit more familiar with what's going on up there because I think it's going to be a special story on uh, Forest Avenue here, and I think there's going to be a special story in Story County uh, this winter as far as hoops, men's hoops. Um, we can only hope, right? 18 conference games for Iowa State this year. On the surface, I would set it at. Eleven. I, I think eleven. Yeah, because eleven and a half seems a tick too high. Uh-huh. Ten and a half. Seems, yeah, I think you just put it at the flat eleven, mm-hmm. and you might get a push on it. But you just have to accept. Did that. you see that there is movement again to add Gonzaga? Oh yes. I mean, this seems like, and that'll be a great Matt Poston's question coming mm-hmm. up here in fifteen minutes because he is like he's a good football guy, but he's he's the Heartland College Sports basketball guy. Right. right? He's their go to when it comes to Big Twelve hoops. Um, but boy, if they bring in the Zags, because and, and we've been speculating. I don't think it takes much to you know come up with this theory. Your mark is going to go to market with a Big Ten or with a Big Twelve football package mm-hmm. and a Big Twelve basketball package. Separate those out. He said from the day since his first day on the job that hoops is leaving money on the table. Absolutely, and I think as we look around the landscape and we look at live sports Chris and how just send me a text. Zags is happening. Zags is happening. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, in his opinion, when this began, I was okay with it. Yeah, cough it up. As far as Gonzaga entering the league, well, I think you were the one that first put that out there for crying I did. out loud. I thought two years ago. Yeah, when when we were, uh, we were sitting in Circa, or you or were we? Or you know where we? You know was that where we were? Mm-hmm. Well, if we were on the road, there's a pretty good chance we're there. We we were in in the Veasan studio. Yeah, and everything's falling apart with Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. Very quickly, I came back with three of the four that ended up joining. Mm-hmm. The only one that I missed was BYU because I didn't think it was tenable. Because we of heard the Sunday the and, and, the, and the fan base. Yep. And, yep, and I yep. had Memphis. That was my fourth. But yeah, yep. go out there, get four. Yep. And they basically did that. And then I said, create a basketball-only wing. But we were trying to find that other team, that other local. Well, that was Creighton. Creighton or Wichita State yep. or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Wichita State probably wouldn't work because Kansas would say no. Yeah. They wouldn't want another That's in-state true. team. Right. But it was... Gonzaga and Creighton. Mm-hmm. Go get them. Still makes sense. I think so, too. Does it make sense for Creighton? But why do they... Mm, I think so. I do, too, just because it cuts down on the travel. Well, it cuts down on the travel. And what's going to sell more? Obviously, Kansas. But a good Villanova team. A uh-huh. national championship-level Villanova team. Those are great games. Yep. And Providence. And Xavier. And it, Big East is excellent. Mm-hmm. But taking Kansas off the mix. But still... Iowa State and K-State and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Those schools coming into Creighton. Baylor. That's a lot. They don't need an easy sell, but 
I think it's just better for the fan I base too. to have that, too. I think it's better for the student-athletes. I think it's way better for the fan base. What would you rather do? MSG is incredible for the Big East tournament. Yeah, it's amazing. And for the 1,500, 2,000 Creighton fans that are able to make it every year, that's mm-hmm. great. We saw the way the Creighton traveled to St. Louis. Now it's Kansas City. Yeah, it's easier. <laughs> now it's... Yeah, it's not as far. How far is Omaha to Kansas City? Hour and a half? Oh, it's two, maybe? Yeah. I'm, two, maybe? Hell, they shared an NBA team for uh-huh. a number of years. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. That fan base has grown, I think, even since then. I think that's an absolute no-brainer for Creighton to say yes to it. I would guess the financials are going to be better, even as a basketball-only member. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a partner, because you don't want to be at 17 teams, if it's Gonzaga-only. No. The Creighton conversation, if it hasn't happened, it needs to be renewed. you got... Your mark's number. I'm fired up. I'm going to call during the break. Boy, you are. <laughs> Did you get not, uh, too much sleep? Not enough uh, Too sleep? much sleep it was, yeah. Do you drink coffee? Uh, Diet Mountain Dew. Okay. That's my caffeine for the All day. Right. I'm my number two of the day. Well, we're, we're fired up. Indeed you are. Uh, football from last night. What did you think of the game? Yuck. Yeah, it was kind of a whole bunch yeah. of yuck, right? Baseball on the head. Did you hear Brian Anderson's game-clinching call? I didn't know. Oh, it's so good. Really? Oh, you got to find it. Okay. What a play by Harrison Centerfield. Yeah. And what a play for Riley for backing up the play to get Bryce Harper, who I think did the right thing, Trent. I do, I too. Really th- yep. He's down a run. He's on first base. Mm-hmm. It looked like the ball, if it wasn't going to get out, it was going to hit off the wall. Harris just made an unbelievable play. Gets the ball in and doubled him off. Like, what? But Brian Anderson's call. Can you find it? I'll look for it, yeah. It is so good. I mean, we both like Brian Anderson. He's the Mm -hmm. voice of the Milwaukee Brewers for, I don't know, 100 out of the 162 games. And, of course, he's working nationally baseball and college basketball when it comes to, um, you know, TBS or TNT, whatever it is. But, boy, oh, boy, it's a hell of a call. That was a a series saver last night Mm -hmm. because I don't think if the Phillies go up 2-0 that the Braves are coming back in this bad boy. I just didn't feel like that 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 was going to be the case at all. The Dodgers are down two zip. John Bowenkamp, this just in. Everything's not going to be fine. <laughs> That's not going to be fine. Down 2-0. And where do you turn? Yeah. I, I, I just don't think it's happening, Trent. I don't think it's happening. I don't think that this team is going to come back. I think we're going to see Arizona and, I don't know, well, obviously, we either be Atlanta or Philly. Um whew. I've uh, found the Braves broadcast. No, you got to find Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson's. Well, I haven't heard the Braves. To be fair, I would be surprised if it's any better than Brian Anderson's call. Let's let's. Uh, you don't. You can't find it on Twitter. That's where I'm looking. Yeah, and this is the one that pops up. Let's see if this is the one. The call from last night. Closers don't. Here it is. He deals a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to first. It's over. It's over. There you go. Hell of a call. Brian Anderson's excellent. He really is. The ball got away from who was ever trying to get it at second base. Uh, The cutoff man had got past him, and Austin Riley was in position. What a play he made. What a play over to first Yeah, I think base. that was Albies uh, that missed kind of the Was it Albies? Yeah, yeah that, the, that would have been his, yeah. his spot. So. I, that's who, I think that's what it was. Couldn't see for sure, but yeah. Oh, hell of a game. All right, so let's go to today. What do you expect? <laughs> Take your twin's hat off. I, I know you're wearing I it. Can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't because, as I've said throughout no, this but, playoff. No, but you're usually really negative. That's I why am. I'm, and I'm optimistic. Okay. I'm, I'm op- optimistic again. 
when you look at the matchup against Christian Javier, uh-huh. Christian Javier is okay. Yep. He's a touch above average. He's a C plus. Mm-hmm. ERA this year, 473. 155 strikeouts and 156 innings. Whip approaching 1.3. He's given up 25 home runs this year. That gets me excited against a lineup. That is very left-handed in the Twins, mm-hmm. a lineup that believes an environment that's going to be incredible. What's the forecast up there? Do we, do we know? It's got to be similar to here. I would, I would think, yeah, right? probably just take off about eight degrees. That's usually yeah, a few, right? kind yeah. of what it is up there. Let's see, uh, Minneapolis weather, what it is. It's going to be probably a chilly one going into the Mid-60s, evening. Mid-60s, low-60s to start. Something like that. Let's see, it's 49 up there right now. Game time temperature, 55 degrees, clear throughout. Baseball weather. October baseball, baby. Good stuff. All right. Uh, it's time for another $1,000. Well, it's at that NIL money. We'd love to put it in your pocket. Let's see if it's, you can claim some of it. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword cash, cash at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 cash at KXNO.com. So real real quick before we go to break, mm-hmm. um, I and Iowa State are both having their football press conferences today. Any news do you think will come out of them? Um, we know that, obviously, Ferentz is going to make a quarterback change. Depth chart came out for Iowa. Of course, Iowa State does not put one out. But was there anything on the depth chart that... Um, no Caleb your... Brown. He's off the depth chart. He's huh? off the depth chart. What does that mean? Well... He was away for personal reasons? That's what he said. There's plenty of rumblings about getting a little tired in a meeting. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. He fell asleep in a meeting? That's the rumblings that are out there. Well, if you're a wide receiver, why are you paying attention, right. Trent? I, I know how to run and not get the ball. Right. I don't have to be awake for that. Probably, probably he was catching up on his sleep from doing wind sprints from the game before. <laughs> right. Up and down the field. Nothing coming your way. Well, one ball, and then he dropped it. Well, he was tired from the wind sprint. So um, apparently he felt, is that what you're saying? Is that's, that the, is that the rumors that are the out rumor there? That's the rumor that's out there. So that's why he didn't play last week, mm-hmm. apparently, maybe. Right. And he's off the depth chart for this week, so he's in the doghouse? Now, also remember, usually the depth chart that comes out is what the end of the game looked like the week previous. That's kind of the way that it's so been So this isn't as definitive. He's not going right. to play this week. Right. I wouldn't put that out but there. But if he does or if he doesn't, does it really matter? So these guys have a decision. Seth Anderson, transferred. Not yeah. going to be eligible right away next no, year. he's not. Caleb Brown won't Likewise. be eligible right away. Yeah. They're stuck. But both guys still have... Even with a year sitting out, they'd still have two years left. It's so hard once you get a couple of years and yeah. just to put it on the back burner for a while. Ugh. Caleb Brown played as a freshman in the best wide receiver room in the country. Yeah. They kept him at the four-game threshold because they wanted to keep him. At Ohio mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Iowa can't find a way to get him the ball. Nope. I understand he's raw. He was a running back in high school. He has a lot to learn about the position. Figure it out. <laughs> but... They can't figure it out over there. Yeah, my th- what I want to hear uh, Campbell uh, address today is is Jake Remsburg. Yes, absolutely. You know wh- yeah. how are you going to incorporate him back into the what into kind of lineup? Sh- what kind going- of shuffling? Right. What kind of shape is he in? What's he been able to do during mm-hmm. the? Because the Iowa guys practice, right? Yes. Do and I'm not so sure that's the case at Iowa State. I think Remsburg was. Was he good? I, I, I mean, I hope he so. was. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm almost positive. That he's been practicing, but I think he's the one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, Hanukkah, I don't know if he's around the program or not. Right. 
Uh, we know the rest of the guys are all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Decker's is right. focusing on his studies, focusing on his on school activities. Right. Uh huh. Uh, it's 11.25. We will uh, continue with Big 12 conversation. Matt Poston did a hell of a job. If you pay for a magazine on the Big 12, just click on Heartland College Sports because he does all the work for you. He really, I'm sure if you really get out your, you know, go into it in depth, he might have made a mistake somewhere with the third or fourth guy or gal off the bench at you name the school and you can nitpick on that if you really look hard. But boy, he did yeoman's work on this. We'll talk to him about that uh, and other Big 12 topics, including Gonzaga. Is it real this time? Boy, it feels like it. Miller and Condon underway on a uh, Tuesday. Again, the keyword this hour is cash, cash, K-X-N-O dot com. Back with Postons. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106 point... Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We're here until 1 o'clock, hour number two. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com on Major League Baseball, and Frank Schwab on the NFL from YahooSports.com. Matt Postens has done a terrific job at Heartland College Sports for a long time. I absolutely uh, love the fact that he went in-depth with the men's and women's roster on all of the Big 12 teams in anticipation and in advance of this year's uh, college basketball season. Matt joins us. A whole bunch of uh, stuff on Matt's plate to get to, so let's dive right into it. Matt Trenton, Ken, first of all, well done, Matt Postens. I know I have no idea how long you've been working on this endeavor. I know that you put out the foot college football yearbook in years past, so you're used to this type of uh, uh, of uh, um, tough climb to get through, if you will. But man, oh man, uh, that's a lot of work. How long did it take you to do this? Uh, you know, I, I work on a couple of different teams over, you know, a couple of different days over the summer. I mean, the great thing about, you know, the off season is that you know, I've got other things to do. I cover the Rangers. I, I've, I've been picking up some other baseball teams too, including the Cubs. Uh, but I've got, you know, extra time to kind of dive into each team during the summer. And obviously there have been some teams like Kansas State that have added a couple of guys late. A couple of teams like West Virginia who have lost some guys late mm-hmm. that we weren't expecting them to lose. But, uh, plenty of time to kind of dive in and figure out where everybody's at going into uh, media day next week. And then obviously the regular season in about a month. Indeed. When, uh, before we you know, dive into those, let's start with the, the, the current news. Uh, just get your take. It seems like the Gonzaga to the Big 12 is really picking up steam again. And it's not as, it's not a secret what Yormark is trying to do. He's trying to build a power, com- a more powerful conference, uh, because he wants, when the contracts are up, he wants to take football and basketball, uh, as separate contracts to the television networks. I think he's doing the right thing. Do you, does it feel to you like the Zags are Big 12 bound? Uh, I, I'm leaning toward yes, and I've kind of been in that corner for about a year now since this was, since we first started hearing them have these discussions after Yormark took over the conference. I mean, you know, I feel like Gonzaga is a national brand basketball-wise. I think Dennis Dodd tweeted something yesterday that um, Gonzaga is a very surprising fifth in brand recognition when it comes to basketball uh, based on some independent research. So they've got a national reach that I, I think some fans really don't quite understand, kind of like BYU in the sense that, you know, people don't necessarily perceive them as a national brand, as an all-sports school, 
but they really are. Um, I think Gonzaga brings you something. Uh, it, it, it brings you more opportunities to provide big-time games to ESPN and Fox. You know, imagine yearly contests with Kansas, with Baylor, mm-hmm. with Houston, with uh, Kansas State. Uh, it, it just it gives you an opportunity to bring more eyeballs in. And, you know, Fran Fraschilla chimed in on it yesterday, and he said, you know, he feels like at some point the power conferences are going to break off and do their own thing when it comes to March Madness. And for Gonzaga, this is an opportunity for them to position themselves in a conference that would most likely move forward with something like that in the event that it happens. How about them coming to Ames? Yeah. How cool would that be? That would be amazing. Well, we look at this year, and of course, you got the newbies. We know at the top what the Kansas is and the Baylors and what those programs have done recently. They're going to be up there. But you start with Houston. After another great run a year ago, ended just short. San Diego State got them in the tournament. Still, they return a ton and bring in a ton. Jamal Shedd, who is an outstanding player, he comes back for another season. He's going to be very good. But the transition, moving up in class from the American to the Big 12, how big of a step up is for that for Houston, and what's a realistic baseline in year number one for the squad? Uh, it'll be a step. I mean, the American Athletic Conference is a solid mid-major basketball conference, but it, it's not a, a a rock fight, as Fran Fraschilla likes to put it, for 18 games like it is in the Big 12. I think that's the piece of it that's going to, you know, probably going to jolt Houston as they get deeper into Big 12 play in January and February. I feel like a good baseline for them is probably, you know, anywhere from 20 to 25 wins in the regular season. I think they've got plenty of talent. Their backcourt is incredibly deep. They're a little bit inexperienced in the front court because they lost a couple of players there to the NBA draft. But, you know, Kelvin Sampson's got that program running in the right direction and, and, and has had it running in the right direction to the point where they're recruiting like a power five school the past three or four years, both in the portal and in high school. So they're, they're the team of the four new ones that is the best equipped to be competitive in the conference. I, I think that they still have the ability to be a top four, top five seed in the NCAA tournament, but they're going to get to February and, and they're going to start, you know, experiencing that big 12 grind for the first time. And that's mm-hmm. going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how they react to that. Indeed. You know, when it comes to Iowa State and you look uh, in-depth at Iowa State, uh, I was struck by this. Hassan Ward, he didn't do too much last year, uh, and you've got a pretty glowing paragraph on him, and it was backed up yesterday because I guess Otz uh, did a number of uh, media opportunities, and the one guy he kept bringing up over and over again was Hassan Ward and how Otzelberger feels like he'll be as improved in the, in the Big 12 Conference as anybody. So well done on that little nugget, Matt Postens. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really intrigued by their team because I think they've done a couple of things in the offseason they needed to do. They've brought in some players that can shoot the three consistently, which yep. is something that they've struggled with the last couple of years. You know, If you pair good three-point shooting with the kind of defense that they play, especially in the half-court they're going to be much more difficult to deal with and be more balanced on both sides of the floor. And then I think they've they've really put effort into developing players like Ward, like King, uh, like some of the other uh, players that have been there two, three years that really haven't had an opportunity to play much of a role because they've been transfer-heavy mm-hmm. the past couple of years. This year, I think they're going to be a little bit more players we've developed and freshman recruits heavy because they have a tremendous freshman class coming in. It's going to be a really intriguing mix of younger players and transfer players. And plus, I think they have a little bit more height. I don't know how much JT Rock is going to play this year since he reclassified. Right. But 
they definitely have more height this year than they've had in years past to the point where, you know, Robert Jones can do what he does best, which is come off the bench, give them good energy for 10, mm-hmm. 15 minutes a game, and let the other big guys on the floor handle the, the starting role. So I, I really like the mix they've created there at Iowa State. But if the three-point shooting shows up with those guys they've transferred in, that's going to make them a much more difficult team to deal with. At the top of the league, who is the favorite in your mind? Bad. Uh, Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry to disappoint everybody, but when you bring in the <laughs> best pitcher on the market, mm-hmm. Hunter Dickinson, you've got Dewan Harris, who's grown into a complete point guard. Uh, you've brought they brought in a couple of really good three point shooters of their own, including Timberlake from Towson. Uh, they've got a great recruiting class coming in. They've done a good job of developing players like KJ Adams. And the great thing about Dickinson is you can move Adams to the four, which is where he's supposed to be. He wasn't a five. They just kind of put him there last year because that was really all they had. So Dickinson really changes the complexion of what they do. They're going to look more like the team that won the national championship two years ago because they'll have that presence inside that can defend, create offense, and rim protect that they did not have a year ago. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the absolute. They deserve to be the favorite. McCullers back. Uh, this this yeah. team is loaded. Who's gonna? I mean, let let's give me a take on K State. I love the story from last year. You know, as far as they got, how difficult is it going to be for them to maybe maybe not get there, but maybe close to last year? Can they be close to last year's team? I I think they can be. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential there. Bringing in Perry from North Texas, he's kind of. He has the potential to kind of be there Noel this year. Uh, Tomlin, I think, is going to make a significant jump from a in terms of just the quality of his play. He did the NBA thing, got his report card. He comes back, so he knows what uh, the NBA is looking for. They grabbed a couple of transfers late, including Glover, that I think is really going to help them from an offensive standpoint. I think the real question for me is just you know putting it all together on defense. They weren't the best defensive team in the world last year. Uh, they they need to make some improvements in that area. But offensively, I think they have all the makings of a team that can be highly competitive in the conference and, and really make things difficult for teams like you know Kansas, Texas, uh, Iowa State, you know teams that you would perceive, perceive to be among the best teams in the conference. Makes a whole lot of sense. Well, this looks to be a year where there's a real opportunity for another national championship and still the excitement of the future. We started with Gonzaga. If that comes to fruition... That means 17 teams. I have been a longtime proponent as Creighton. If they're going to expand even more, bring in another basketball-only member. What do you look towards the future? Bring in Arizona. How ridiculous that's going to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> BYU, a great home environment that they have there. It's been a while, but Utah, they have been in the national spotlight. And Arizona State, always a sleeping giant, just waiting to get the right coach. But another partner with Gonzaga. If it comes to be, are you fine with 17, or would you like to see one more basketball-only member? Well, I mean, I think that's the interesting piece of this because it sounds like Gonzaga might be open to taking less money mm. in terms of joining the Big 12. There really isn't much more money to go around in the current right. television contract because they built in a pro rata only for Power 5 teams and only teams that play all sports. So since Gonzaga doesn't play football, they're not eligible for the pro rata. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm okay with 17. They're talking about going to a 20-team conference schedule. That would certainly be a little unbalanced. Um, but, you know, I, I'd be okay with sticking with 17. I think that if you're going to go get an 18th team, I think it probably would need to be a basketball-only school. I, would, I wouldn't I would necessarily say Crichton is that school. Maybe it's a 
We know how much your mark loves that New York market. <laughs> You've now got St. John's that has Rick Pitino as head coach. Mm. I, I think that would be a really intriguing possibility. I mean, I know St. John's is not what it used to be, but with Pitino, it could be that. They were Big East royalty, and, man, for years. And, and it's if you got a foothold in New York City, then Oof. then you've got something really, really intriguing, and that helps out West Virginia. It helps out Cincinnati. It helps out some of the eastern, uh, eastern part teams, UCF, that kind of thing. So, you know, I wouldn't say Crichton would be a lead pipe lock if it decided to go to eighteen. Interesting. Let's uh, let's uh, go over to football. I don't think you had the recap of Iowa State. Where well, I want to start with you on Iowa State, though, because I'm sure you saw some. Did you? Um, did you, you the Jack Trice the the hundred year ceremony etc the uh, the uh, everything that went along with the weekend I, I love the uniforms I'm not a big uniform guy but they just there was just something about them that um, your 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 take on somebody who, who covers the conference uh, what did you think yeah. when you saw Iowa State take the field I, I I think they did that absolutely right I mean this is I think I think it may be the only stadium in FBS that is named after an African American believe it player. is. Uh, you know, Trice is a, a really integral part of that program's history. Yep. Uh, and, and the school really is a, a tremendous part of the integration of college football, period. Um, you know, he's one of, he was one of the first uh, African-American players to even play in college football. So they did those uniforms exactly right. They did that ceremony exactly right. Uh, I know some some people on Twitter gave them a little grief about the pants and the pants maybe being, quote-unquote, nude. Mm-hmm. But, hey. Those are the pants they wore back then. That's right. So, yeah. You know, yeah. the uniforms I thought were really just fantastic. The helmet's awesome. I, I absolutely love what they did with the helmet. I mean, for me, I'm not a huge uniform guy, but for me, I right. think that was an A. I, I'd love to see them wear those. Maybe one. I'd pref- I would. I would prefer them to wear those over the black. The black yeah. drives me nuts. Yeah. Hate the black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I, that that's not crazy. Hey, last last thing, help us out with this conference. Uh, everybody's three games into it. No, maybe not. There's maybe a couple teams. Uh, but you get my point. Uh, conference play is underway. Um, we saw Oklahoma beat Texas. I'm not sure they'll do it again, but maybe they will uh, if they do get to play each other in, in Dallas in the Big 12 championship. Uh, Kansas isn't going away, I don't think. Your thoughts on this conference uh, as we head into uh, you know the second weekend of October? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear Oklahoma and Texas are probably a cut above everybody else in the league. That 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 doesn't mean they're both on a collision course to play each other again in Arlington in December. You know, I see a lot of teams that can be potentially competitive. Texas Tech, I know they started out slow, but they're two and one now. I was in person to see BYU play Cincinnati, and uh, you know, I was impressed with their first teamers. They're getting healthy. They don't have a lot of depth. You know, Sotaki was very clear about that after the game. They don't have the depth yet to compete at this level. Uh, but they've, they've got some good players in that team. I think K-State will bounce back. You know, Iowa State's gotten off to a good start. West Virginia's gotten off to a great start. I mean, it's a, it's a really balanced conference um, below Oklahoma and Texas. And I think for any of those teams that has either the Sooners or the Longhorns on their schedule, I give them a chance. You know, I, give, mm-hmm. I give them a puncher's chance to mm-hmm. win the game. And, you know, one loss. You know, especially for Texas, kind of discombobulates yeah. the whole thing. Um, you know, Oklahoma is the one with a little breathing room now, but mm-hmm. Texas is the one that kind of has to watch itself and make sure it doesn't lose more than a couple more games down the stretch. I think the advantage for those two teams is that the rest of the conference is so balanced. You could see the third place team having three or four losses by the end of the year. 
Good stuff, Matt Poston. Know you're busy covering the Rangers as they take on Baltimore today. Opportunity to advance into the American League Championship Series. What a run for Bochy's crew. Uh, managers uh, in the dugout, they make a difference, especially in October, and he's got that pedigree bar none. Matt Poston's uh, unbelievable work at Heartland College Sports on previewing the upcoming college basketball season. Thank you, Matt. We'll talk to you down the road. Certainly appreciate the relationship. Thanks, Matt Poston's. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. All right, we'll take a time out, uh, come back, and finish up our number one. Some disappointing uh, disappointing and happy news, if there can be the same uh, at the same time. We'll share that next when we come back. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. And Rocco. Now back to Miller & Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Ah, appropriate music, Trent Condon. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. So we, uh, last night, we both received a joint text uh, from uh, from someone we know very well. And um, the news that we got was, on one hand, selfishly disappointing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because uh, Claxon's Barbecue has been um, associated with shows I've been a part of for a long, long time, about 20 years or thereabouts. Um, and Andy, who has run Claxon's at, in, in Altoona for 28 years. Amazing. It really is. In the restaurant business, to do something for 28 years, not going out of business, he sold his business, mm-hmm. uh, which is great for him um, that, um, that he saw he built this thing from scratch, got it to where it is, was doing very well, and... Uh, to the point that someone's come in and wanted to buy Claxons and his Andy's last day uh, is on Sunday. So I guess what we're saying at a couple of things is the Claxons barbecue giveaway is over. If you have won recently, get there quickly. Right. Uh, because I know, and there's no guarantee that the new ownership will, um, will you, will, I guess, allow you to use those. Uh, when you come in, we're going to certainly make the uh, inquiry to see if that will be the case or not. But um, we're in the market for a new restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because I think it's a pretty good deal for for the restaurant and for mm-hmm. look. I love working with Andy. He's, I love the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, him and his significant other, Mary Blakemore, who with the uh, she was with the Buccaneers, I believe she still is. I think so. Um, two good people, mm-hmm. and they've been in the restaurant business for a long time, and that's a lot of hours. Oh. It's his own business. It's a it's a difficult business to be in. I mean, if you survive in the restaurant business for almost three decades, mm-hmm. you must be doing something right. Absolutely. I know the industry. My parents owned a bar, tavern. A little tough, Growing right? up, it's, yeah. it's a grind. Uh-huh. It's a lot of hours. Yep. And my dad would get up, drive truck, start at 4 a.m., get home at 3 p.m., and then start working at the bar until close. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a finding grind. the right people you can trust. Uh-huh. So you can actually leave the facility. Twenty eight years is something yeah. to be absolutely commended. Great food, that brisket sandwich. Oh they probably, my gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, I think I know what I need to put on the docket coming up this weekend. One Before final time. Before Sunday, yeah, absolutely. Before change, I'm not sure if the name's going to stay the same, right? Uh, or if they're going to. Uh, uh, change the name, but uh, but if you've been a winner, yeah, redeem those bad boys yep. quickly because, like we say, we're not sure if the uh, new ownership will uh, uh, will welcome those uh, or not. But um, good for Andy, good for Mary, good for them all. 
I hope the employees get to stay. I'm sure that they will Mm -hmm. uh, at least have an opportunity. But well done, Andy and Claxons, in 28 years. And enjoy your retirement or whatever it is that you're going to do because you have earned it. Do you think he'll barbecue at home for hobby? Oh, absolutely. I don't think he just that that doesn't just uh, go away, right? I think that's something that will always continue. Throw throw brisket on Uh and smoke that bad boy all day long. but uh, thank you. I mean, thank you, Andy, mm-hmm. for, for being a part of um, InnoKXNO for as long as you were. So very much appreciated. And if you have a restaurant, reach out to me, Trent Condon. You can find me on X, Twitter. You can find me. It's just TrentCondon at gmail.com. Yes, indeed. Very easy to get a hold of me. And if you're interested in doing something very similar to what we've done for years with Claxons, hit us up and we'll find a way to make it work. Yeah, and it's, I think it's, it works for both of us. It works for their for us here at the radio station, but I think it works uh, for you too. So as Trent mentioned, you want to be a part of it, we'd love we'd love to have you, but we're certainly going to miss Claxons and the entire team uh, over there. So your picks last night, I remember when we got off the air, you liked both road teams. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to both. Yeah. I, I thought you had them both. I really did. Um, but that play at the end of the Braves game last night, that saved the series. He might have saved the season for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I just don't think as good as Atlanta is, so is Philadelphia. Right. I just don't think they're coming back to win three in a row. Now they don't have to. Now we've got a best of three series starting tomorrow night. Boy, oh boy, is that would have been good. So I, I've already heard from plenty of people that are heading up for game four of the DS with the really? Minnesota. And that's tomorrow. It's scheduled for 1 o'clock tomorrow. It is. But if we get a sweep with the Orioles and Rangers, if the Rangers win game three... They'll move it to night? I think 6 o'clock, maybe 5 or 6 o'clock is what Mm. they were going to move it to. So if you're... Well, at what my buddy said, I'm not going to get out of there until late. I'm not going to get home driving back from Minneapolis mm-hmm. until midnight as yep. opposed to yep. you know, likely being home by 9, 10 o'clock. Right. Going to be a little bit different there. It'd be interesting, though, personally, selfishly, just because of schedules and work and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I would like that early evening window for me. I think that'd work out a little bit better. But either way, the Twins are in the playoffs. They're in the DS. They're playing with house money, even if it ends here. Even if Houston wins the next two games or takes the series, however. What's the series price right now? Who's favored? The Twins minus 120. Are they? Yes. And even on the Astros. That because was yesterday they get two at home Circa. games. Yeah, right. right. Let's uh, take a look at the updated odds now. And how big of a favorite is Texas in their series? Oh, it's got to be huge. Minus 1,000. Probably something like that. Series prices. Here we go at Circa. A minus 960 for the Rangers. See, I'm pretty good at this every yeah, once in a while. Are. You think the Orioles are going to win three straight plus 675? Might even be better just to money line parlay yeah, it every day, yeah, and just pile it up that way. They roll it over. Twins now minus one fifteen, minus one hundred five on the Strohs. So a little bit of Strohs money came in there. Uh, let's see, we have the D backs now minus five hundred five to win Jeez. the series against the Dodgers. You get the Dodgers at four to one. Phillies plus one fifteen. Braves minus one thirty five. I know Lance Lynn goes to more for the Dodgers. I don't know who the snakes are countering with. Um, and he didn't have anything on the Dodgers. Nothing. You're in or, good shape. Or Minnesota. Yeah, or you're, Arizona. You're in terrible shape. <laughs> Hour two. Matt Poston's more baseball conversation. Frank Schwab covers the NFL. He joins us at twelve thirty. Miller and Condon one hundred six point three KX.